Delivering high-quality, technology-centric podcasts around the world. This is MunchTech.tv. Taking a bite out of technology. Hello, welcome to episode 516 of the Sudakis for Saturday, October 10th, 2020. This is the show where we talk about the week's most notable technology stories in around an hour or less with Aaron Fisher and myself, Jimmy Bunting. Come together once a week to discuss, debate, scrutinize and explore the world of tech. On this week's episode, Apple, what to expect at their October event? And is consumerism slowly changing for the better? For the better of consumers, I should say, because obviously it could change in both ways. It could change for the better of the companies or or the consumers, um, and technically then the economy or the environment, or both, or neither. We'll discuss it later on in the show. If this is your first time joining us on episode 516, thank you so much for taking the time to do so. Or if it's anywhere in between in terms of episode numbers, again, thank you for doing so the best technology show the most entertaining and informative with simply the best hosts that is a review which was not said anywhere sadly it was a review said maybe. about another show <laughs> yeah sure i read it somewhere um technology so uh, the, the, what, what, what the show's based around and of course as we've said for the last few episodes it's been a bit bit hit and miss every week. This week's a bit more of a hit, as was last week, uh, but the previous weeks before we had there was no release because it really was a miss. Uh, of course, this week coming up, Apple have their October event, and we all know what we're going to see from it vis-a-vis an Apple car. That's it, right? Yeah, obviously. So. Yeah. Um, I personally would like to see the Apple shares go up, but we'll we'll not talk on that touchy subject. I mean, thanks to ha, for that just imagine if they released something like a phone. That would be crazy. <laughs> be cannibalizing the ipod if they did that absolutely it'll not happen and consumerism so we're seeing trends specifically we'll talk more about phones as well and it 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 binds well with with our story on apple in that the question is being asked or not so much asked more stated really that nine in ten adults think buying the latest smartphone is quote a waste of money that's after a poll of two thousand britons it reveals that more than half are bored of trying to keep up with the latest tech and I don't blame them. I am too, and I don't anymore, and I never really did. You buy a, a, a product, and it, it does you, and, and you, you buy another one when you need to buy another one, not when a company dictates that you need to buy another one. Of course, the companies don't like that, because they want you to be buying the latest and greatest every time it comes out, but the companies have done this themselves, and we have spoken about this. They have put the price to a point it's just not viable to refresh it every time it comes out, or sensible, or any of the other nice adjectives that would describe it. We'll talk about that and more, but first, we'll go to the quick news. The future of work is here, ushered in by a global pandemic. But is it turning employment into a worker's paradise of working at home or more of a big brother panoptician? Disturbing increases in the use of digital surveillance technologies by employers to monitor their remote workers are raising alarm bells. With the number of remote workers surging as a result of the pandemic, 42% of US workers are now doing their jobs from their kitchens, living rooms, and home offices. A number of employers have begun requiring their workers to download spying software to their laptops and smartphones. The goal is for businesses to monitor what their remote employees do all day to track job performance and productivity and to reduce so-called cyber slacking. Business software products from Hubstaff, which tracks a worker's mouse movements, keyboard strokes, web pages visited, email, file transfers, and applications used are surging in sales. So are sales for T-Sheets, which workers download to their smartphones so that employers can track their location. The product called Time Doctor downloads videos of employees' screens and uses a computer webcam to take a picture of the employee every 10 minutes comes a report from NPR. 
Even when stay-at-home measures for the coronavirus pandemic are lifted, Microsoft employees will not be required to come back to the office. According to an internal Microsoft memo obtained online, Microsoft employees will be allowed to work from home for less than half of their work. Week pending manager approval, some employees will be allowed to work from home full-time. Given the nature of Microsoft's business as a software and hardware creator, some employees with roles that require a physical presence won't be able to take advantage of the new, quote, hybrid workplace policy, according to the report. Orange and Proximus have picked Nokia to help build 5G network in Belgium as they drop Huawei amid US pressure to exclude the Chinese firm from supplying key telecoms equipment. The moves are among the first by commercial operators in Europe to drop Huawei from next generation networks and come after months of diplomatic pressure from Washington, which alleges that Huawei equipment could be used by Beijing for spying. The Belgian capital Brussels is home to the NATO alliance and the European Union's executive and parliament, making it a matter of particular concern for US intelligence agencies. And finally, Apple has delayed the implementation of a new privacy measure designed to stop apps and websites tracking people online without their consent. The changes will also mean apps will have to ask a user's permission to access the ad tracking ID on an iPhone or an iPad. The measures were due to arrive in the latest iOS 14 update in the autumn, but Apple said the changes were delayed until the start of 2021 to give app developers and websites more time to adapt their services. Facebook has warned that Apple's privacy plan could make one of its advertising tools so ineffective on iOS 14 that it may not make sense to offer it on iOS 14. The social network says it will no longer collect users' ad tracking IDs on iOS 14 and that Apple's plan had forced it to make that decision. Mouse strokes, keyboard strokes, sorry, mouse movement, keyboard strokes, file attachments, your screen, your webcam. Uh, wow. I mean, Aaron, if your workplace said we're going to take a photo of you every 10 minutes, would you be happy with that? I don't think I would. I think, and I know my workplace would never do that, and I, I think that would be a lot different over here. There's got to be laws that surround that. But if they did that, I think many people would tell their employers where to go stick their job. Um, <laughs> the worrying thing is, it's how many of, of how much of this is happening probably without the employees even knowing. Mm. And this is this all comes from this is so much of business today. Um, you see so many offices, so many employer-employee relationships are just like, there's no trust anywhere there. So many jobs are like, it's questionable whether they should exist in the first place. I'm talking at like, you know, middle management level. Like, you know, there's that level, not every office, but a lot of offices have it where it's like, and what exactly would you say you do around here, to quote <laughs> office space? Um, their job is to primarily look busy and... Uh, you know, butt themselves into everyone else's job. I feel like those are the type of people that are instigating this. Like, they have to be seen to be doing something. They've got to see that everyone's being productive and that's their task. We we, we make ourselves busy by making sure everyone is busy. Exactly. But it's just like, just, is the work getting done? Is this job that you need doing getting done? Yes or no? If it's a no, go figure out why. What's happening? What can you do to help? Instead of, I'm going to track every keyboard stroke and mouse movement. I'm going to take a picture of this person every 10 minutes like that's like that's just bringing the cubicle home I, like I, I, I could never yeah. work in an office environment like that it's just insane I think what this highlights is in those situations if you have an employee or a workplace has a set of employees whereby this is necessary then what that highlights is their recruitment process has failed them because their recruitment process it's very hard to fire or get rid of a member of, of staff it's not as difficult to put a bit more effort into recruitment and figure out the right person for the job, the right person for the company, the right person for the culture. I sound so corporate, don't I? But you, you get Whoa. the point. It, it, and, and that's the thing. It's if, if, if you don't trust your members of staff that far, should you really have them working for you? It, it, this shouldn't be... And I know, I know that's a very airy-fairy, rose-tinted glasses sort of perspective from a business owner's point of view. I get it. Because obviously time theft is a thing. It's much harder to see if staff are actually working 
but, but you shouldn't I, 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 ju- I just think it, it, it's more a case of that's just, as you said, it's showing that there's a lack of trust between employer and employee. If they're going so far as to taking a photo every 10 minutes, they're tracking literally everything that's being done on the computer. Okay, it's, there's nothing wrong with uh, a system monitoring what goes on on the computer because that's quite commonplace in businesses, but checking it every day isn't, or, or so on and so forth. I, I, yeah, there's, there's, there's lines, and I think this crosses it. But, like, I'm very much of the opinion that if someone's getting their job done, if they get, you know, if they're working nine to five, because the world suddenly decided that nine to five is everyone's working hours, but if they're getting it done, if, if they're getting paid, sorry, um, a salary per year, so I'm not necessarily talking about hourly work, because I appreciate that is a different kettle of fish, but if you're, if you're getting a salary, and then the workplace assumes that it's nine to five, I'm very much of the opinion that I wouldn't care if, 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 if someone's getting their task done, and they're getting it done in five hours, they don't need to sit there, like, what are they going to do? Check their email for another three hours like let's use this time working from home to it doesn't have to be nine to five and this is a valid reason like i already think that working from home and i've already seen it it's done such a good job of of getting rid of so much unnecessary cruft from businesses like i've already watched like unnecessary meetings that we all went to you know every one of us has been to a meeting where it's like where this was an utter waste of my time um that they because everyone's working from home not the meetings are more difficult but like i don't know there's 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 more of a threshold to arranging a meeting now and people don't want to turn up to pointless meetings more so than ever and I, sorry go ahead. i was just yeah, I, I think we're already seeing like this this slow or this this change that i think people have gen- generally wanted to happen for years now but it, t- it took a global pandemic for it to happen we've already seen a shift of we're just talking about microsoft this more people working from home okay let's let's try and shift this culture away from unless your business absolutely relies on this set of working hours everyone working nine to five like some people work better in the mornings, some people work better in the afternoons. Like let everyone kind of pick the hours they work. Like we can work around everyone's lives all of a sudden. I know that's such yeah. a like ooh pie in the sky, like you said, airy fairy thinking. Like it's such an idealistic way of thinking. But I think this is the time to start having idealistic thoughts. You know, the world has well, thrown us a curveball. Let's do something with it. Well, what you're saying about obviously if if someone can get their day's work finished in a lesser time from home and then and use the other time for something else, why not? And I think some companies will have that opinion and what and again, this is just this is a very isolated perspective, and I, I I completely get the other sides of it too. But if that's the case, then that would you would hope or think generate a culture of trust. And when there's trust, and when there's a bit of flexibility and a bit of give and take, what you get normally sometimes, of course, is the the sour apple that just ruins it for everyone. But you would get this this whole thing where the employee actually has some sort of responsibility to the business rather than just I come in at eight or nine, I go home at four or five, I do my work, I go home. All of a sudden, if there's that bit of flexibility, I think, actually, I, I'm part of this. This is me because I have a bit of responsibility and I, I have a bit of ownership over this. So I'm going to take ownership. And actually, I need to get this done. So I'll do I'll, I'll do an extra hour for no, not for nothing. But you, you get whatever. There's give and take. Um, and funnily enough, the exclusive nine to five, as, as you said, Aaron, it, it falls under Parkinson's law, which obviously is the adage that work expands. So as the time literally about to fill, to sorry, the time perfect. available for its completion, if you have from nine to five to do the work, you're going to take and, and, and you've nothing else to do between those and you're not allowed to do anything else. You're going to use that time in its entirety. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and that applies to a lot of things in life. You, you have a list of things to do in your day. And I guarantee you, if you add two or three more things to that list and you say, I am not stopping until I finish that list today. You'll do everything quicker. Not necessarily any different in terms of the, the the outcome, but you'll you'll probably get through it quicker. And we've all seen it, you know, as you said. I mean, that Parkinson's it, it's perfect, isn't it? It's so true in a lot of yeah, in a lot of cases. Because we've all seen it. Like a deadline is two hours away. It's amazing how much work you can get done in two hours that you've spent the last week doing. Yep. Because if you have that again, anyone who's been through any kind of education, we've all done it. Paper is due, yeah. uh, essay, whatever it is. Yeah. Every Everyone does it the night before. Like, you know, it's amazing what you can accomplish in like a finite amount of time because it's just the way we seem to work. And I, I, I think that generally works for a lot of businesses. Again, this is not painting a brush, painting all businesses with the same brush. There are businesses, you know, a restaurant staff can't go, well, I got no more tables to wait, so I'm going to go home now. Like, it doesn't work for everything, obviously. Eat up quickly. We need the next people yeah. to come in. So all the waiters like crowded around this last table going, come on, come on. <laughs> but um, I think for a lot of, let's say, tech-based business, I'm specifically looking at software and, you know, talking about Microsoft here as well, that... I don't think you can just turn up one day and do away with the nine to five. I just don't think that's going to 
at work because I've I've seen people have adjusted hours in the office and it does sometimes cause issues because um it, it can be difficult to arrange a meeting or a deadline or whatever. Um, but if you if you assign people tasks and go this, let's say you work with them, it needs to be done by this time next week. You you let them go off and they do it. If they're working from home, you don't need to be like staring over their shoulder or taking a picture of their screen or logging their mouse movements. It's just like as as you said, just have some trust in this person. Like, you will build a much better relationship with your employees. You'll get so much more out of them. Exactly what you said. They feel like they have a little bit of ownership over it. We're talking like we're managers here, by the way. But it's just I think just from both of us having been employees at a certain point, you in different businesses, you you see how it works in different places, and you can go the places where you feel a part of it, where you you understand that this amount of production yields this amount of results. Um, and I think seeing how businesses divvy up, let's say rewards for said results, you are more incentivized to uh, get your stuff done. I I think it's obviously very different for, as you say, for the people who you wake up in the morning, you go to work, you come home, rinse and repeat. Um, and I think there's a lot of work that obviously suits and I appreciate that that's how a lot of people want to work. Not everyone wants to work the same way and that is absolutely fine. Um, it it, it I, just depends what work is for you, isn't it? Exactly. Whether you genuinely have a what passion age you for are it as well. or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, changes age, age group, where you're from, you know, what you're interested in, um, kind of skills you have, etc., etc. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a totally independent thing. But I think just I'm kind of talking personal experience. So when you when you feel like you have some ownership of it, you actually you want to do that work for the business. Like it's not like you're sitting there going, oh, you know, the employer's watching me and I'm being tracked and I've got to do it and this and that. It's just like you actually kind of want to do it um, yeah. because of a culture that's been built up and it's that culture that... This this article was specifically talking about the US obviously and just to kind of flip back to what you were saying slightly about it's difficult to, to fire someone. In the US I get the impression it, it's not. Um, there's still obviously unlawful dismissal and stuff like that but um, they don't quite have, or a lot of states from what I understand don't have the same labor laws that we do. You know, over here a company can't just get rid of you unless they have a justified reason they can't just yeah, send you out the door one day misconduct, yeah. exactly and unless they have you know a completely valid reason like you're stealing stuff or something you know something that would be a valid reason no employer in the UK can just you know push you out the door one day and go yep see ya thanks um, so I think we all feel we, we all have a little bit of more of a cushion here and I think that you know that as well builds up a, a big amount of trust it just sorry this stuff really riles me up just seeing how like so many businesses are still run like like it, 1950, and like it's just where the office culture just like you know went boom, and it's just all the same. And you see the I don't know if you've ever watched Office Space, um, but you see all the pictures of it. And it's just like everyone typing away on their keyboards in their grey <laughs> dull cubicles. Like yeah. that is just we gotta get rid of that. The world's thrown us a horrible but perfect curveball to do something about it. We're in the age of where technology is in every corner of our lives, whether we want it to be or not. Let's take advantage of this. You brought up a story like a month or two ago, or probably a couple months ago now, about how the pandemic has come at like the best time in, in terms of technology. Um, mm. If it had happened 10, 15 years ago, this would be a completely different story. Yeah. Working from home is, is, is possible more now than ever. And um, I think more businesses, I mean, businesses have been forced to take it up, but we're seeing stories come out every week now of this major company, that major company uh, are allowing their employees to just work from home home you know even post post pandemic which feels like it's never going to happen but uh <laughs> um and then you do read the opposite stories of, of companies that are like nope all employees must be back at their desks god microsoft have said 150,000 employees will or can work from home permanently some on a full-time basis some part-time and then obviously there's, there's others who just simply can't because of their job and what they're required to do but i guess in in, in those circumstances where you have 150,000 employees all of a sudden that's slightly different so you're going to have sour bad apples in the bunch that just will 100% take advantage of this and that's the reason why this the, the, the previous quick news story about employees being monitored and so on is a thing and, and that's that's just the sad reality Huawei being pushed further and further from 
really any part of the Western world. From the heart of EU as Nokia wins Belgium's 5G contracts. And I really, I, I don't think anyone's surprised at that. If anything, it, yeah, I mean, it would surprise me if it was the other way around. Obviously, we don't know. Huawei have done nothing to kind of help prove the suspicions that the US and I guess many in Europe have. The Western world will just say. Um, they obviously also haven't done anything to disprove it. But if they don't, if they haven't done anything, it's hard to disprove it. Um, and it's a tricky situation because like this is very much pressure being put on Europe from the United States. Like it's very much like the US going, and we're gonna push their buttons now. Um, like you know, there's a bigger agenda obviously here for the US. Just you know, wider relationships with other countries' issues. Um, and I don't know. It just feels a little bit interesting, I guess. Um, like Huawei just being pushed out of Europe because the US said so. Um, I mean, to be fair, I think good news that Nokia, Nokia Siemens, um, you know, a bunch of these European, you know, or Scandinavian um, companies getting to pick up the contracts, I think it, it is a good thing. I, you know, it's a bit more homegrown all of a sudden. Um, you're investing in local economy or local-ish economy rather than um, other parts of the world. Um, so I think that's a good thing. Um, also a little bit worrying that it didn't happen in the first place. I, I guess, I don't know if Huawei just came into to every country and offered it for way cheaper or, or how that played out in the first place. Um, I'd be interested to know. But yeah, it's going to be interesting because obviously this kind of thing starts a bit of a ripple effect or, or a snowball effect, yeah. I should say. Um, it's like, okay, what is what else do other countries, like not, not just to pick on the US here, but just as an example, if the US suddenly decided that they had issues with another company or another country, it's like, do they start um, pushing certain things on places like Europe and, and whatnot? Um, will be interesting. I appreciate that Huawei may have done, they may have very legitimate reasons for being concerned about Huawei. Obviously, Huawei, uh, through some of the stories we've had on the show in the past, have shown genuine reason to uh, to have a slight concern about it. Um, but yeah, I think this time, maybe a little bit of an innocent victim, but maybe not. I, I think, as you say, it, it's good that it brings diversity across the offerings. So it's not just one company that, that gets the tender for these. Nokia, and it's the first time I've heard of Nokia having control of, of, of a, 5, a 5G system on sort system on, on sort of a national scale. So it's good to see a bit of diversity coming through rather than Huawei, 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 etc., etc. Also, just to completely tangent, well, not completely tangent, but um, I can't wait for all this 5G to start. I'm sure we're going to talk about 5G when we talk about the iPhone 12 in a minute as well. I cannot wait for all this stuff to go 5G. But I saw um, one of the roundabouts around here yesterday. I was just out for a drive and I saw spray painted on, obviously in the UK, oh. you've got the, sh- the Chevron signs. Yeah. You know what's coming. I, 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 I saw stop 5G. <laughs> and that's the first time I've seen anything around here. Like, kudos. It may be a joke. Like, I don't know. Um, but it's just like, I can't wait for just this stuff just has to like roll out and just has to be here and like unavoidable to stop this idiocy of these people around. Like, also, don't spray paint public, don't spray paint private property or like not your private property, but don't spray paint public property. Like, get to the middle of a busy roundabout as well. Like, it's dangerous mm. in, in the first place, but like, come off yeah. it. It's just like you're just you've read something on Facebook because some idiot that lives around here shared it with you because I guarantee you that's where this stupidity yeah. comes from. It's just like Bi- this stuff is fake toxic. news, exactly. But I as mean, fake wh- as the review that I quoted at the start of the show. Yeah, as they said, what, what was it the, the they think fake news spreads like twice or several times faster than genuine news? I mean, who believes this rubbish? It's just like has to be just the lowest form of, of I don't. Know. But I mean, it's like the story we, I think, at the beginning of the um, kind of lockdown over here, you know, people setting fire to 5G towers, like causing n- not just obviously a monetary loss, but that's a huge risk you're putting yourself and others at to do that type of vandalism um, because you've been fed some crap on Facebook or whatever. Like, just unbelievable to me. I cannot wait for just 5G to be here, be unavoidable. Every phone has it. Like, it just needs to happen. Sam is following the, the COVID pandemic and so on and obviously one symptom can be an increase in temperature and the, I, in fact I did say it a number of episodes ago where I, I read a thing popped up online about how you should never let someone point a thermometer at your head because it, it destroys neutrons in your brain and I'm, I'm not joking that was exactly what it said but the funny thing is even from 
from school physics, I know that, that that's not true because that's not how those technologies work. And and whilst I don't claim to be a professor of physics, it, it it's, doesn't doesn't take one to realise how stupid and naive something so silly. Yeah, but and but the point is, so many people share it, and so many people believe it. Well, and I'm not saying you have to have the knowledge to hand, but at least have the fruition to fact check or cross check or do something. But don't don't just believe it because I guarantee you most things, if not everything, nearly that you read online will have some element of bias or subjectiveness to it. Well, any anything that end of anything that's written by a human, whether it be online or in text, humans are inherently even if you try not to be, you're inherently biased to, to a certain way of thinking. Yeah. You know, we're very much obviously not anti five G or anything because we believe and we've done our research to to understand that it's a load of you know rubbish. What <laughs> just. Um, Watch your language. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's yeah. it's a load of rubbish. Um, yeah. what the people who are against it are saying. Um, so we have when we're talking about it, we obviously have an inherent bias. Um, because we believe a certain way. It's the same way. Well, like I, the the thing is, uh, yeah. So we do, and it's the same with anything we report on and we talk about. Obviously, we have our own opinions. I prefer using Apple products over other counter products. That's not me saying that one's better than the other, because again, that's subjective, completely based on opinion. Opinion and what sits one person will not sit another, vice versa. So that that's opinion, and 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 there's no such thing as fact in those scenarios. And I am completely open to someone coming back and saying, "Well, actually, I use this system for that, and I th- I feel the one you use wouldn't work for me, or this is better for me, and I do the same thing as you, or vice versa, so on, and so forth. Whatever, it's all opinion. But when it comes to the likes of, as you say, Aaron, we we, we go away and we think about so that, for example, five G. If if someone puts a hypothesis in front of you and says five G is harmful, okay, based on what? Based on we believe that it has caused coronavirus. Okay, so I'm just going to use some logic to try and d- disseminate that, to try and understand it, to see if I can get that point of view. So, virus. Okay, a virus to me, when you say virus, is something that's airborne or something that 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 sort of it, it's an organism in itself and it's infectious and and can cause someone to become sick. That's a real layman's term of what a virus is. And we know that the likes of getting an X-ray. When you get an X-ray, say for most people will have had an X-ray in their life. Um, sometimes they give you a heavy lead sheet to put over a part of your body to protect it from the, the radiation if they're not X-raying that part. Um, they say that you should a- avoid exposure to X-rays when you don't need one. So you should only get it when necessary. Um, you know, you're not going to go and ask for an X-ray for no reason because again, they can be harmful. They're not always, but the, there is the risk. Uh, when you go to the dentist and they take an X-ray, they walk out of the room because okay getting one in a small dose is, is generally accepted. There is there's still a small risk, but it's generally accepted to be safe. But for the dentist who's doing it all the time, the, the risk gets higher and higher and it gets compounded. That's so proper we freaky know- when they do that though, isn't it? When it's just like, we're going to take <laughs> an x-ray. Everyone leaves the room. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, my point being, so we know that X-rays can be can be dangerous. That that and that's that's known fact. Gamma rays even more dangerous because they penetrate um, at, at a vaster rate. So and again, I'm 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 in no way 100% qualified to say this, but I'm I'm just going off a very very broad, vague, you could say naive understanding of the whole thing. So we know that X-rays can cause cancer because they penetrate because. Gamma rays can do the same because, again, they 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 have the same uh, properties to a further extent. Now, at the same time, radio waves they have um, a different wavelength again because it's energy. Energy has a wavelength, so but they have a a different wavelength, so they penetrate different. So they're not damaging. They 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 don't penetrate to the same extent. And again, excuse the terminology. But my point being, so the reason why X rays and all of the the radiation that is dangerous can be dangerous is because it it can cause destruction or manipulation or mutilation of cells, which is how you could potentially get cancer from from exposure because it can penetrate and it can cause those problems and again this is this this is anyone who's medically qualified is laughing right now and and rightly so but my point being 
for someone to then say that you don't go in my, my, my end point here after all of this debacle of, of, of attempting to be medical but my, my point is you don't walk into the dentist or get an x-ray and be told this could give you a virus not once have I ever heard that 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 a, a wavelength of any sort can lead to a virus cancer yes virus no and and since when did listening to the radio become dangerous because that's the same type of thing that a, a, a mobile mask is really giving out. It's, it's not giving an x-ray out. So if someone came along and said, a cell tower can cause cancer, whilst more plausible, and I'm only saying that because obviously, yes, these things can, we know that rays can cause um, c- can cause these things, but, but, but not those type, but that type. So my point being, it's not even on the same, uh, excuse the pun, wavelength in saying that uh, 5G can cause a virus, because the two, the two aren't, they don't, uh, they, yeah, you get what I'm trying to say. Anyone who who has logic knows what I'm trying to say. So that's the point. It's just so implausible and so wrong in the first place that it's incredible how many people just read it and believe it. And I'm I'm not saying you have to be um, educated in that that area, but at least have some common sense or try. But alas, point being, that was a very long-winded way of saying don't believe everything you read online. And then Apple with their their anti-tracking privacy measures. I'm surprised that they're delaying it, Aaron. Are you not? That that, that seems to be a very kind thing of them to do, right? It's it's kind of annoying because um, when this feature was announced and Facebook, uh, or when the, sorry, when the feature was announced and we were all kind of like, yes, this is what needs to happen. Uh, this is what needs to happen for for apps to to stop tracking you because that's become the story of the past few years. Is just how much specifically. Facebook-owned companies, but uh, Facebook-owned apps, but any app really can track you on a mobile device as well without you really knowing. Um, we will, yes, this is such an Apple thing, Apple really digging down on the privacy thing. And then like for them to come out and go, oh no, Facebook have complained, we're going to delay it. It's like, okay, this doesn't seem very Apple-like. Yeah. Um, I do love the fact that Facebook have spent the entire time of like the past few months whinging and moaning and oh, boo-hoo us, it's so against us, this, that, and the other. It's like, I love that. I think that is like, that's the reaction that, that every Everyone, I think, was hoping that Facebook would go for it. It's like, no, we can't earn, earn money. Boo-hoo, feel bad for well, it's, us. It's, it's more, we can't earn money off you. Exactly. We can't steal your data anymore. You should yell at Apple. It's just like, no <laughs> one's going to feel sorry for you. Like, no one is going to feel sorry for you. Um, truly slimeball of a company. I think I've made that clear over the years. But um, yeah, it does come as a bit of a surprise. I mean, this story is like a month old. I just thought it was, uh, it was interesting as we were talking about a few more privacy-related things uh today um it totally i will be interested to see i kind of I, I hope that apple don't like obviously something getting delayed a feature getting delayed is always a little worrying because everyone will forget about it in three months and then apple could mm. just not do anything that would be an uncharacteristic move for apple and i believe they will still do it but it is still something that i think we have to yeah. to keep an eye on and make sure that it does actually turn back up because it's a super pro consumer change to ios yeah. um to 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 basically anonymize the user even further against these apps, I think is perfect. And for Facebook, you know, just a little byline in the article to say that, oh, they've already m- had to make this change based on this this decision. It's like, sorry, do you want us to feel sorry for you or something? It's, I just don't, <laughs> I don't get the angle Facebook are pitching for again, like when saying this stuff in the press, like no one cares. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Apple, their high-speed event set to be uh, held on Tuesday, October 13th. Obviously, they've already held their September event, focused on the iPad Air and the Apple Watch, um, rather than the iPhones, which it usually would be. But due to this virus, which has been going around, things what got virus? a little bit delayed. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just guessing. All right. Global pandemic, you say? Something never like that. Though I, I, I don't think it will stick. I, I read online something about, I can't even remember, but it's, it's fake news. Vaccine by the end of the year drink bleach something like that you know it rings a bell light i think you, you shine a light that's it through. light yeah that's it know. we all we all did that and it went away yeah i forgot <laughs> so really this event is iphone and iphone only is what we're expecting now whether apple threw a curveball and and bring something else out at the same time who knows but but like the likelihood is it's, it's just the iphone i think the uh the curveballs mac rumors have done a pretty good job of uh, lining up a few curveballs 
um, that we think might happen. I think they're actually way more interesting than the iPhone. Like the iPhone is just like, yeah, another iPhone. Um, just like people have been arguing, people on Twitter have been, or the tech community on Twitter have been doing what they uh, normally do, or should I say Apple community, and it's like arguing over whether it'll have a 120 hertz display. Like the general public care. Um, like the iPhone is just, yay, a new iPhone, different, slightly different shape, woohoo, different size. That's actually probably more interesting. I just want a new silicon Mac. Please, Apple, do it. It. I do. Do you think we'll see that though? Well, so we know from WWDC when they obviously announced the switch that Apple did say a silicon Mac before the end of the year. We also know that Apple's before the end of the year can genuinely mean the last week of December. See the Mac Pro 2013 and I think the iMac Pro. They both like Apple did. Yeah, yeah, it would totally be before 2014. Shit, like the 21st of December or something like that. Like it was the last. Like it was literally the last possible moments they could possibly do to get it in people's hands. Um, I would love to see if Apple this week, so in, in three, four days, if they showed off what was to be the first Silicon Mac. I think the only reason I don't think they'll do it is because the iPhone is obviously, for many shareholders, the iPhone is the biggest thing. The iPhone is the thing that will you know, get the press coverage um, and it generates like, people know what the new version of the iPhone, like they know what that means. The general public, like the iPhone is Apple. To the general public, or to the masses, we should say, the Mac is probably less important. Actually, the Mac is less important. Most people outside of the tech community not going to give a hoot that, uh, uh, about you know not being Intel. If you mention the words Intel to a lot of people, probably don't even know what that means. Um, so I think that whilst I would love Apple to do this, I could see them not doing it because I think the press, it would take away from an iPhone announcement. And for Apple's bottom line, the iPhone is still king at the moment. Um, a silicon-based Mac is not what they're like. I don't think Apple are doing that because they think it's going to make them a lot of money. It's just like that's the progression of the Mac. The iPhone is what will make them a lot of money. It's the reason they'll spend a lot of time talking about it. Even for small upgrades over the years, the iPhone gets all, all of the showtime. Anything else on the event is like, and we've also got this, this, and this. See ya. Um, we're also, you know, there's the rumor of some new AirPods. Um, probably not an update to AirPods as we know it, but the forever rumored AirPods Studio or whatever they might be called, the over-the-air um, version of AirPods. Um, a rumor that AirPower, remember AirPower? Remember the, the first thing I think I've ever seen Apple publicly cancel and say wasn't happening? AirPower might be back. Um, and then AirTag which are like this perpetually like it was meant to happen earlier in the year then it was meant to happen at WWDC and now it's meant to happen now so I don't know how much I believe that we've also seen rumours in the week that it's now been delayed till next year I like to think that Renee Ritchie put it very uh, well in a, in a video the other day he said that anyone could call themselves an Apple leaker now they just have to put it in their bio on Twitter and they'll you know they'll get thousands of retweets like just people just seem to throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks nowadays Um, so we don't know when any of this stuff is coming but we should probably talk about the iphone is this the iphone are you gonna upgrade is this is this the one i, I don't know it, it depends the only thing that's annoying me about the 7 plus at the minute is the battery life other than that it does just fine and i think the the solution to that is just get a new battery i think it was changed once in 2018 in fact it was it was changed once in it it's crazy i i don't realize how long i've had that phone for 2016 and it, it, it's funny how when you have a phone i tend to have the same phone but I go through another generation in between. <laughs> All right, okay. There's no need to stop flexing. It's because the iPhone 7 is so slow. <laughs> it's because, excuse me. So first you flex and then you insult. It's My like goodness. a massive slab. Like it's huge. I mean, the thing is, at least I'm not a consumerism person that just gets bought into advertising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, won't like. I, I, I think, don't know. Yeah. I, I think I might. I, I might. It just depends what it offers or whether I can can hold out because that, that's what I will be doing. Um, if I if I don't change, I'm holding out. It's, the, the seven plus again. It serves me perp perfectly, but the the problem is the battery life. It's just not really. If if you're anywhere away from a charging point for any more than any given amount of time 
just not ideal. I think the one thing I will say about the battery is even when I got mine replaced like you did, it's like not even close to the new iPhones. Um, Yeah, that's fair enough. Like, I think you are genuinely in for like an amazing moment when you realize how long a new iPhone lasts. Like the things are just... Uh, Put it like this, does it it last a day? If I use my iPhone really heavily and I'm talking like if I'm using it, like I don't even have a situation where I could... If I'm watching videos on it all day or like hours and hours and hours, like at four, five, six hours of screen on time, I may dip below 50% by the end of the day. So what you're saying is it lasts a day? Like it's in... It lasts... Mine lasts multiple days. I don't charge mine every day. I charge mine every other day. That that is alien to me. I I charge mine multiple times a day. Yeah, I I will put mine on charge um, and then the next night I will probably leave it off and then I will charge it again the night after. So it does... It serves me through two days. Um, I don't do a whole lot on my phone. I I do a lot less on my phone than you do. So it's probably a slightly different use case. Mm -hmm. Um, My phone is... It spends most of its day in my pocket or on the desk. Um, I don't don't use it to check anything really or do anything. It's a picture-taking device massively as well. That's another thing, by the way. The camera is like... And the iPhone 7 has an an amazing camera. Like, that was a huge step up in camera. Were you you going to say that the the new iPhone is night and day to the iPhone 7 Plus? Get it? (laughs) You like that? I'm I'm clued in. People should call you a comedian. They shouldn't. Um... (laughs) I think my next question is, so you're coming from a slab, sorry, plus, um, which is, what's that, five and a half inch screen? Or not, six Something like that, yeah. Well, I can't remember what the plus is. The iPhone 11 is a bigger screen and it's a smaller phone. So based on that, and based on the fact that we think we're going to get it's a 5.4, a 6.1, and a 6.7, I'm assuming you're not going for the 6.7, just because I imagine that thing will cost you, like, you'll have to chop both your legs and both your arms off to be able to afford that. Well, as, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I just, I'll wait and see what the offering is. But I'm not overly excited or I, I won't be in a rush to do it. That's the thing. Are Sorry, you like Tim. me and couldn't care less about the iPhone and just want them to hear them talk about the Mac? I would like to see some sort of commitment to the Mac, yeah. Because again, I, I just don't feel that Apple are there on it. I, I It's so I inconsistent. WWDC well... Every lineup. Inconsi- yeah, inconsistencies. We talked about that last week, I think. Um, I think the commitment to the Mac is clearly there. Apple wouldn't invest all this money in Silicon um, if, they, if they didn't see a future. The one thing I'm worried about is the event is this week and they announced something like obviously Mac OS Big Sur it, it hasn't come out yet um, it's still in the beta stages and from what mm. I understand I'm running Big Sur on my MacBook Air but I'm running like three versions behind now I think um, from what I, what I understand like it's getting worse through the betas and I'm not necessarily talking about the stuff that we all notice like as users I'm talking about like, app developers so people are using the Catalyst system which is the iOS app you know merging thing um, that was a pretty broad brush but you know what I'm getting at um, people developers are saying it's getting worse like it's getting more unstable it's getting buggier like apple just we don't know like people don't know what's going on big sur is nowhere near ready for, for consumer release which has me majorly worried because i would much rather apple go you know what this is still behind this is still a month two months three months six months behind and just carry on with the beta stages because we already saw with catalina what a rushed os looked like like cat was it catalina i think it was catalina i mean there's been a few these past few years like it's hard to keep on top of the dumpster fires that apple put out on the mac at the moment um it seems like every other year is a good one and then the in-between years are just like wow that was a trash fire um and we rose tinted spectacles for the days when apple tested things um <laughs> bearing in mind for anyone who's used a mac for long enough you will know that the 0.0 release of any version of mac os is a bit of a trash fire people just seem to you know when it, when, when anyone tells you that snow leopard was great they're remembering point 0.8 not point 0.0 point 0.0 was awful um point 0.8 was where they like spent loads of time on it and it was perfect um but i think commitment to the mac wise i think they're clearly showing it with the silicon i'm with you on the what the hell is that lineup but i'm willing to give them the 56,000th chance to fix the uh what do you want to call it um compli- 
complicatedness, diversity, mess. I don't know. Inconsistent, fragmented, disastrous lineup. Because I'm wondering if if a switch to Apple Silicon is a fresh start on the entire thing. Like we saw the the switch from PowerPC to Intel. Everything got a new name. Um, we you know we went from the PowerBook and Power Mac and iBook um, to the iMac, the MacBook and MacBook Pro and Mac Pro. Um, Apple Apple took that as a that that's the end of an era and this is the start of a new one um so i will be interested to see what happens then i think we could be in for actually the mac mini carried across that is one thing that went power pc to, to intel um i'll be interested to see if this is apple like they're gonna not clean house because i think the names are obviously staying apple have too much market staked on uh, macbook pro and imac now hmm. um it's they're not at the market share point where they can just go yeah we're calling it something new like they could back in 2005 and six. So I would like to personally see that I'm with you that I think that the, the Mac lineup is just bananas like the, the iMac Pro not being updated now for two, three years, whatever it is. I, it gives me kind of like the faintest hope that the Mac Pro is going to get updated. Obviously the advantage with the Mac Pro is that it is technically user upgradable so you can buy third party parts yourself um, which is a big win. The machine also costs £5,000 the base model. <laughs> you would like to think it's user upgradable. Well, tell that to the iMac Pro that's also £5,000 that is, I mean, Not. you can't even upgrade the RAM in that machine because it's obviously <laughs> server RAM in there, so yeah. or ECC. Not. Um, another thing uh, we, we've, we've been talking about for years, how disappointing is that as the uh, as every new Mac comes out, like, we're sitting here and like, I don't care what the price is, I don't care what the specs are, is it user upgradable? Like, that's mm. the point we've all got to. Like, can I, like, when the new iMac was announced this, uh, this past month or whatever it was, uh, the, the 2020 iMac, the first thing I saw people asking on Twitter is, is the 27-inch still memory upgradable? Yeah. Because if Apple are going to charge £2,000 or $2,000, whatever, for a new Mac, it's like the least we want to do is uh, take not have to pay Apple for, for, for some kind of upgrade. And that's just like, Apple have got to know that that's a thing. Like, people are genuinely always slating them for not being user upgradable. I can appreciate the laptop slightly. Um, I think gone are the days when Apple could say, uh, th- there was like a crossover point when SSDs became soldered onto the boards in MacBooks that, that Apple were like, oh, it's for speed because soldering stuff is faster. Whereas um, you look at basically any SSD you can buy for a, for a PC or, or for whatever now, and it's like the same speeds, if not faster, over a modular connection. So gone I, are those excuses. I think you're just being harsh. What do you mean doing methods don't make for a user replaceable friendly device? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got some... I got we've got a lot of old Macs. I've got some old Macs on the shelf. Like, I've got a white iMac up here. The white iMac wasn't particularly fun to get into. Like, let's not but you pretend. Could do it. But it, you could do it. And you didn't have to unglue anything. Yeah. The I've got a G4 no cube. No heat was like, required. Well, yeah, exactly. I've got a G4 cube. You literally flip the thing upside down. You push down on the handle. That's right. A handle. And the handle kind of, in a typical Apple fashion, it glides up. You pull on the handle and the internals of the machine come out. Got a PowerPC G4. It has a little round cutout on the side. You pull that and the side folds down. You look at the old Mac Pro, you flip a switch on the back, or the Power Mac, the, uh, like the G5, you, you pull a tab on the back, the door comes off. The Mac Minis was like where it felt like they started to get into iffy territory. Like you had to have paint spatulas. I always remember that. The We have a 2007 one, which is the first one. And this was the same up until they, they changed the body. You had to get uh, paint spatulas in it and work your way around because it had you know, like 100 metal tabs all the way around it. They made that better when they moved to the new design um i had a 2011 one and to upgrade the memory in it there's a little black circle on the bottom you just twist it so the foot just twists and it comes off um and that felt like a, oh apple like care about their users again um and then like all the macbook the macbook pros and whatever all like soldered then you can't even place the battery in the, the battery is glued down like come on so many laptops need new batteries at some point in their life batteries are a what do you call it they are a life cycle item i, I I don't know what the term is for it. They are a thing that wears out and they will probably wear out quicker than the rest of the device. People should be able to replace that stuff. There is a a question to answer from the manufacturers in terms of the economic and moral status of, of doing that 100%. 
but they do it on purpose. They do it because they know that the user will, will have a hard time uh, in changing it out, and as such, will probably just buy a new device or pay the company to do it. I think I think the slightly, I guess, less or more optimistic view is I don't think Apple Apple obviously wants to make everything more difficult, but I don't think they want to make more thing difficult. Is the wrong word. They just know that the number of people who will want to upgrade a machine or replace a part is not worth the expenditure that Apple have to put into development of said process. But the thing is, and you say that, and I, 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 I that's fair. But Apple do it to a T. <laughs> they create products which are one hundred percent not friendly to the environment. In the fact, that oh yeah, once it breaks, good luck replacing it yourself. You'll either take it to the Apple Store if they're not going to fix it, or you don't want to get it fixed. You buy a new one, but they will recycle your old one for you. Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? They're doing such a good job to recycle those components that really wouldn't need to be recycled if they just manufactured them a little bit better in the first place. I don't mean better in terms of quality. I mean better in terms of replaceability. If your phone you had a replacement... need to ba- get a replacement product if you could just replace a component. There's the difference. But, it- but, but, they're being ethically and morally responsible because they will recycle the product for you. If, if your phone had a repla- like a user-replaceable battery, you would, that- you would just do that once a year, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. yeah. So, but no, like you've got to go, hmm, should I buy the new iPhone? Which leads <laughs> us nicely onto our next story. Segway. Um, it's not a segue because you said about it. You, yeah, you it's mentioned true. it. You know, it's it point you're out right. segues, are you? Um, <laughs> but like your, your, your current decision is I, you're mainly thinking, I might be putting words. Practicality. In, I might be putting words into your mouth slightly here. You're mainly thinking about do you want the new iPhone? Because a what should be a user replaceable component is getting old again. Mm. Well, yeah, I, the thing is, so for me, the two reasons why I would happily, well, not happily, but why I would buy an iPhone at this point is one battery, two camera, because there's no denying the camera is, is so much better in the newer iterations. It's not to say the 7 isn't good, and 7 plus actually, because there's two cameras. It, it's very good, it's fantastic. It, it, it's superb, it does what I need. But when you look at low light performance, the um, wide angle uh, lens on the, the newer iterations and so on and so forth, yeah, that appeals to me of course. Um, and, and that's probably, in fact, you know what, if you take away that user replaceable sort of part, i.e. the battery, that's probably the only reason why I would upgrade. But in terms of, well, I, I guess in a way, the battery life at 100%, the iPhone 7 versus the iPhone 11 or 12 or whatever we're talking about here, if they're both at 100%, the 11 is going to have the better battery anyway. So yeah, that to begin with. But the fact that my battery is obviously getting old in terms of recharge cycles now is also another reason. So there's, there's two reasons. Number one, the 100% capacity limits. Then also mine's even worse because it's not at 100%. It's probably somewhere around 89, 90% of peak capacity now. So yeah... But I am I am one of those nine and ten that think buying the latest smartphone is a waste of money. No, not always. I just mean for the sake of upgrading. Those who decide to buy a new phone every time a new phone comes out just because they want to, I don't think it's justified. But of course, anyone can do whatever they want with their own money. It's their own hard-earned cash, so that's fine. Who am I or anyone else to say what to do with it? But just in in terms of, is it necessary? No. Regardless of what the marketing companies say to you, it's not. And I think you're one of those nine as well, Aaron, aren't you? Yeah, I think... Well, sort of. Over the years, um, I think we've both changed our tune slightly. I think we were both very, ooh, latest tech, ooh, latest tech, whatever it was. And I think now very much like, eh. I mean, we've been so much more critical of, of recent years Apple events. I think just because um, we were talking about last week with the watch, uh, with the watch event, just how it was a watch. It was certainly an event. <laughs> Like, it's just, the year over year has got so lackadaisical. I I don't know what the terminology is. I don't want to say lazy, because it's obviously not the right word. But I think it's just, we obviously have literally watched from the beginning. We watched, I remember watching the first iPhone event. I presume you do as well. Like, all the way up, we've seen the year over year, like, just how big some of the jumps were. Um, We remember how significant things like the iPhone 4 and the iPhone 5 were. And then when we got the introduction of the new size, uh, with 6 plus and then like it just year over year obviously Apple they didn't hit a peak um, but you appreciate how much faster a, a, an iPhone 11 or 11 Pro is to a iPhone 6 like it's 
it's worlds apart, but it's just it's it's slower. The, the the difference between an eleven and a seven is much smaller. The difference between an eleven and a ten S is like well, if you have a ten S, don't worry about upgrading to eleven. Quite different. The year over year, or even like multi year over year, is just getting so thin. Um, yeah. When the watch came out, when the when the original watch came out, I got a so in 2015 I got my Series Zero Apple Watch, and it was you know wow this thing is amazing even though I think we slagged it off when it came out and then I bought one I've <laughs> done that I a bought few one a few years later I've done that a few <laughs> times yeah. Um, see the AirPods. Um, and when the Series 1 and 2 came out, obviously they came out in the same year, so a little bit tricky to judge. It was like, mm, okay, it's, it's a little bit expensive, I think, to make this a, a yearly purchase. Um, but when the Series 3 came out, like, its big thing was it's so fast. And you you have no idea how, like, amazing, like, how lucky, not lucky you are, but, like, you have no idea the pain of, of daily using a ser- Series 0 compared to what you now know. The Series 3 and beyond to like the, the Series 0 is so slow and the kicker is they made it faster with newer software updates like when Series 0 came out with WatchOS 1.0 like hot damn this thing is slow um, and like it's one of the things that didn't get slow with updates it got faster with updates so it's actually faster now when you use it compared um, that was a big leap to go from the upgrade of the 0 to the 3 and that's where me you a bunch of people I know are still on the Series 3 um, or like the Series 3 4 that kind of area but the Series 3 for a lot of people like it's been sub 200 pounds um, and and looking at the Series 6 that came out this year, it's like, mm, so it's three generations we're talking. We're, we're coming from a time when traditionally, like, once a year was a pretty big leap, but like once every other year, that must be a huge change. We're talking like in the iPhone, that's another generation. Normally, you, you've gone from your S year to your, your generation year, 3GS to 4, 4S to 5, 5S to 6. 6s to 7 you see um but with technology now with the phone now um with the iphone i think with any galaxy phone or an apple watch or whatever it's just not happening and i think people are seeing less and less of a reason um to go and shell out more money that's another thing you got to look it's like these devices are not only getting not that much better every year they're also getting far more expensive every year in a time when people have less money to spend what we talked about last week with google making a more economic economic focused pixel phone um compared to to i imagine what we're going to see from apple obviously apple have released the the new se this year as well uh it, i will be really interested to see what that 5.4 inch iphone 12 comes in at if it's a real thing um because i won't be surprised if that's what the iphone 11 becomes they make it a smaller screen they make it a lesser device and they charge the same money for it um and then the, the middle one sits kind of about where the iphone 11 pro sits and then the uh whatever the big one is or whatever they call it sits uh in with a really really expensive one which is you just you're not going to be able to sell that to people i, I refuse to believe you're you're going to be able to, to like go yes you should totally upgrade from your iphone 11 pro max to this iphone 12 pro max it's totally worth spending 1500 pounds on and that's what the stats are saying three and four are no longer willing to pay a fortune to get the latest tech almost a third intend to spend less on smartphones and other gadgets over the next two years Almost three quarters also claim they're content with buying cheaper, older models, while half will purchase refurbished or second-hand in order to save money. Now, of course, it's a, it's only a report. It's a research commissioned by Music Magpie. As figures from its annual phone depreciation report find mobile phones can lose up to 68% of their original purchase value in the first six months. And you raised a good point, Aaron, in saying, so obviously from the, 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 the iPhone 10 to 11, for example, so two generations, essentially. There's not much of a difference. There's a, there's a few here and there maybe a bit better this better that so on and so forth we'll not quote anything specific but you get the point whereas from the 7 plus to the 12 all of a sudden the differences okay small differences each generation but they compound to create a bigger difference which is where then the justification could come from getting a new phone which means that the refresh cycle is no longer 12 months or 24 months which would have typically been the case especially when these phones first came out because the changes were exponential even from generation to generation but we've peaked now. We, we have such phenomenal technology in our phones. We can't really do anything better at the minute. Who knows what it will do in years to come. But but in that, the tech companies are aware of this. Apple know fine rightly that their consumers, and they know how, because they know exactly that you, are bought your phone on X date, and the previous time you bought your phone was X date. They know it, because it's linked to your iCloud account, for example. So, not to say they're 
necessarily using that information, but they could if they wanted. They they know what phones their consumers are using, and they know when they're selling and, and not selling them. Uh, and the point being, there are where their their customers just are not buying new phones every year, at least the majority, or every two years, whatever it is. So what do they do? They come in with services, and that's exactly why to fill that gap, to fill that void, they needed more income, they needed more revenue. So the services fills that gap. So it's not an issue for them, but they they react. And I'm not just talking about Apple. I'm talking about all of the major manufacturers. They they know and they knew they had to sort of fill the the void. And I don't think that that behavior is going to change. And that's another thing. Phones in their inceptions from the smartphone, say when they became a thing in 06, 7, 8, obviously the launch of the iPhone in 2007 really sort of kicked things off. I hate to say it, but that is the truth. But that at that point, the, the second generation iPhone, then the third, there were so many, I say major, really, yeah, major changes in each iteration that it was almost justifiable. You could say, well, it does this a lot better than that. Whereas now, the changes aren't so significant. The changes are smaller each time. And again, from a, from from three or four generations ago to the latest, there is a bigger difference because those issues, those changes have compounded. But the difference between two or three or four generations now could be the difference between one generation and the other five, ten years ago. So that's another thing. It's not necessarily just consumers don't want to, but the cost has gone up and the changes are, are less impressive, less significant, less necessary for consumers. So there are there are multiple reasons as to why consumers aren't buying every year, every two years. And also from a point of view of of a not only economic, not only a financial standpoint, but also an environmental. Because there is no doubt when we when we finish with our phones and we either we either hand them down to someone else, we sell them on or we recycle them. And if you do that responsibly, great. The products um, and, and their components get recycled. But you're still buying a new device, which which if you think about it, has a footprint that if you didn't buy it, you didn't need that footprint. So it, there's there's so many connotations and connections. And I think people are just being much more savvy and conscious, which could only be a good thing, I think. Not to say I don't want to see sales flourish, because obviously sales mean more innovation because the companies have more money to put in R&D and so on and so forth. But that's that's for another time. Nonetheless, are consumer habits changing? 100%, without a shadow of a doubt. And I think that was to be expected. And I think the, the, the tech companies themselves knew that and they've reacted accordingly. What will be interesting to see is what Apple bring out in just a few days' time in terms of the iPhone. Will it be what we have suspected, what the rumors have said and shown? And my initial feeling is to, to round up, yes, yes. I think we've gotten to a point where Apple are pretty predictable now with all of the leaks and the so on and so forth. I I don't think there's going to be any real surprises, Aaron, do you? No, um, which is why I'm more interested in there aren't <laughs> curveballs or whatever. But yeah. Time will tell. This time next week, we'll know. We'll know whether Aaron's placed an order for one, even though he doesn't <laughs> need one. He says he won't. We all know going off past experiences, <laughs> Apple Watch, AirPod, previous iPhones, iPads, MacBooks, iMacs, and the rest. <laughs> won't means <laughs> will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that will do. We'll cover it next week. We'll see what they bring out, whether or not the rumors were right. Until then, you can find other episodes of the show, munchtech.tv, if you're listening on your mobile device, whether it's a new one, two-year-old one, or anything past that or in between. munchtech.tv slash mobile for our newsletter, munchtech.tv slash newsletter, the ultimate guide to podcasting, munchtech.tv slash ultimate podcast guide, and podcastassist.com. And for our interview with Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple, funnily enough, a company we talk about quite often on the show, munchtech.tv forward slash was. As always, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really appreciate it. Have a great week. Until then, until next week, sorry, I should say, on episode 517, stay safe, stay sensible, and until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.